like Sage, I've done, I've been out a few times now and all that. And so it's, you know, but it's pretty cool to see dogs work those big freaking Sage. Right. That's the fun. I mean, that's the fun part is watching the dog. Like you're walking down like a ridge or walking up a ridge and you're watching your dog just go like, I think cash was all 300 plus yards when he went on point one time. And that was pretty sweet. Different from not that I don't get out like around here because it's just flat like prairie on the sharp tail grounds that run right around here but not three not 300 yards and you just like look at them down there and it's like yeah, that's pretty sweet the upland nomads are brought to you by kuga vest a vest that provides serious protection for your dog fit and fetch outdoors a CBD dog chew that is made to improve performance and decrease any unwanted stress on your dog's body. We are also brought to you by Mossy Oak Sport Dog, a line of products meant to keep your canine clean and clean smell. Welcome to the Upland Nomads Podcast. All right, Heath. Uh, put us on the map. Where are you? Uh, where are you coming from tonight? Yeah, man. So I'm a uh, I'm in Southwest Missouri, uh, born and raised, fourth generation on a family farm, man. So that's my story, where I'm from and where I've stayed. So, and Heath, you're the owner of Hunt Ready. Yep, yep. Uh, started Hunt Ready. Uh, it's been oh, five or so years ago. Uh, you know, if you go back that far in our community, we really didn't have a whole lot of options when it came to, you know, gear, especially higher quality gear that, you know, um, provided certain features and functions that I was looking for personally as a, as a hunter in general, you know, coming from waterfowl and, and big game and things of that nature. Um, you know, it was like, you know, come upland season, you walk back in time you know, and I just got frustrated. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that was really the catalyst for me to start hunt ready. I had no big, um, grand idea of taking over the uplands or anything like that. I just wanted better gear. It was selfish, man, to be honest with you. <laughs> so <laughs> I say, I think we all probably had like the old game hide or shields outfitter, just like, uh, you know, vests that just, you got a few birds in the back and it was just like, hurting your neck and back because it's all all the weights on your back yeah you know designing something that was a lot more comfortable uh you know was was certainly key and then you know with that comes a lot of things just in terms of the overall design the uh fit uh the uh the ability to configure right uh to, to everybody's built different you know mm -hmm. uh, and then one of the things that that I really was looking for was modularity. I wanted to be able to change things up from hunt to hunt. You know, just I start hunting in September and normally hang it up in January-ish on mm -hmm. a number of species. And, you know, I just kind of like to have it set up differently, uh, you know, for each each hunt, really. So for me, that was really, it was selfish at the end of the day uh, and was looking for <laughs> something better, you know. Um, and so that's, that's kind of the story of Hunt Ready. And long story short, I got, you know, I started reaching out to people and 
and got connected with a company called First Beer out of uh, just outside of St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, they uh, they they sew up uh, gear for military and law enforcement around the world. Uh, and so I was able to tap into their platform and and their uh, expertise, really, and their, you know, their sewers. And um, so that's just kind of the the short of it. It went from there and got some got some batches made up and then guys started wanting more. And here I am on a podcast. So <laughs> it's just right. been a wild ride, man. That's it. Not, not your first podcast event, but. No, but but. You know, I, I I certainly appreciate the opportunity. Um, you know, like I said, for me, I, I had no grand plan, you know, and I'm not a, I'm a, you know, I have a day job. I'm, I work in the software industry actually, and, and still, still help out on the family farm quite a bit. And so, like I said, it was selfish. I want a better gear and it's just kind of, it's just kind of, you know, rolled from there. And, and uh, it's, it's the thing that I never, um, I never really imagined was just the, I guess I never thought about it. Right. Because I didn't have some grand plan uh, right. when, you, when I started a gear company, but the people I've met along the way and in the doors that have opened, you know, that just, just the people I've met, the things I've learned, the, uh, the opportunities to go on hunts and things like that. Um, you know, for me, whether this, I don't know, right. I mean, whether, whether it grows or whether it doesn't like, it's been freaking awesome, man. Like it's been a while. Right. Like, I love to hunt. So like for me. Yeah. Get some friends out of the deal too. And yeah, for sure. I say, cause you've taken some trips. I saw, I mean, you were with a guy that we hunted with, uh, Brian Mays. Yeah. Yeah. So Good I say, I won't say his full name cause I'll butcher it on, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, he, uh, so he took me into the North woods for my first, my first trip, uh, plowing through the timber and, and, you know, pushing through all the, all the junk, uh, and put me on, on roughs and, and woodcock up, up North, uh, which was, which was awesome. Uh, I had a great time, learned a lot from him. He's, he's one of those guys that, uh, he's the classic guide, you know, uh, that's mm -hmm. just doesn't care about any of the doesn't care about how many likes he doesn't care about, you know, so, you know, he's just, he's just all in on bird hunting and right. rolls up in the, in the old suburban got dogs freaking crawling out of every crevice. And, you know, <laughs> does he, I said, I know, did he get a new suburban? Because I know he hit a deer with his other one. I don't know. Maybe I, this was back uh, October. Okay. Cause so, was it a silver suburban or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. I said, I remember I thought I saw him saying you're, on the story that he hit a deer at some point, but he may have. Yeah. I, I didn't may, hear that, but, uh, yeah. He may, had like, may, maybe it wasn't him, but I swear I thought it was him, but he had like a, like a, uh, I think it was a do it yourself stand bolted into the passenger floorboard that he kept like an iPad on. So he could on X hunt like while he was driving and <laughs> it, was, it was awesome, man. That's the kind of guy I want. I say he must've built that. Cause I don't think he had that one out in Montana. I'm still wondering right. how he slept in there with all what he had three dogs there when we met yeah. him out in Montana and he's like, Yeah, I'm just sleeping in here with them. I'm like, how is there enough room in that thing? <laughs> I don't know, man. He's like I said, he's all in on bird hunting. I think I think the rest of that stuff, the details, he's gonna figure out along the way. Like, you know, <laughs> well, we, we we kind of gathered that when we kind of met him <laughs> because he was like, Yeah, I'm gonna be here till 
this day, this day, it didn't. I'll figure it out on the way, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great dude, man. Uh, I had I learned a ton, man. You know, in terms of just, um, you know, habitat and and things to look for, and it was pretty cool. You know, a guy that spends that much time in the field, just just talking about, you know, the different types of vegetation you're looking for and the the things that they're attracted to, and uh, anyway, super interesting. I, you know, you can always you can always absorb something from somebody like that, and and I, I appreciate right. him taking the time to show me right. around. Yeah, and grouse hunting. That's uh, I mean, you could, I guess you could probably just walk an old logging trail and you might get a grouse. But the, knowing we just had a podcast the other day, we were talking to a guy from Wisconsin about just like being able to recognize timber cuts when they're like aged and yep. and whatnot. Uh, just more that goes into it than just like, oh, that field looks like, hey, we got some buffalo berries there. We got some whatnot over Russian olives. What, like, okay, that this field is going to hold some sharpies in it. Like, yep, exactly. Yeah, right. But yeah, yeah, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot more to add into what Wyatt was saying than, uh, oh, cut alfalfa field. We've always found them in here. Let's just go there. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, that's in terms of hunt ready. That's my story, guys. I'm, you know, just a, just a dude that loves to hunt. And I, I kind of got tired of, of the options we had community wise and, and uh, just kind of dove in. I don't know if it's self, like you said, it's self, you're selfish. I don't know if it's selfish. I was like, I think we all want like a, a perfect setup. And though it's always seems like it's unattainable sometimes <laughs> while the perfect truck set up and, Oh, yeah. if I do do it this way, this would be awesome. It is, but, you know, and, and, and what's, that was when you really double click into, into the design aspects of, of the modular platform. I mean, that was the one thing, you know, I wanted that, but I, I wasn't sure, you know, is that going to resonate? Is that, you know, is that something people will, will get, you know, or even want. Right. And so I really started, you know, just on hunting trips, asking guys like, Hey, I see you're running, whatever, fill in the blank, you know, like, what do you like about it? What do you not, you know? And, and the, um, from person to person, you know, you would, you would get, well, you know, I like this vest because, uh, it has zipper pocket closures or something. Right. And then the next guy mm -hmm. might say, well, I like this one because it has Velcro. I hate freaking zippers, you know? And you're like, Oh, well, okay. So, from one guy to the next, you know what I'm saying? So, right. you know, that was really the, it kind of, as, as I asked more and just hunted with more guys, you know, while I was kind of chewing on this whole idea and that's probably been about a decade ago now, I thought, okay, well, I think, you know, I'm on to something here. I think it will resonate. Right. Um, Cause everybody wants a different setup. Everybody likes different things. And so when you, when you have a platform that's, you know, truly modular and our platform, while it, while it has a innovative twist on the Molly system, it's also backwards compatible. So that opens up the whole tactical space, you know, for any, any tactical accessory that, you know, so if I don't have it, like, you know, what you're looking for, most likely the tactical space will, and mm -hmm. you can run that on, on our vest. So um, that was kind of the catalyst behind going further down that modular platform and then hooking up with first spear was kind of a game changer for me. Um, 
so yeah i've added a few things just being able to add and stuff to my vest like run like a gun dog water sleeve and just be able to hook that onto my vest or like the gun dog metal kit hooking that onto the back mm-hmm. of my vest so man it's i think you can even i don't know if mystery ranch has like stuff like you can i think you i think you could hook it into like a mystery ranch like holster yeah i've got uh there's guys that run like faru stuff on there yeah um, their their stuff works with k-clips even um and then any of your just like i said you know the the true tactical mm-hmm. pouches pockets radio holders all that kind of stuff you know uh, hold you know gun holsters pistol holsters excuse me like anything like that you know um is compatible so it it, it really is pretty flexible sweet so it's we kind of got talking about hunt ready right away but we didn't really get into your hunting background. Uh, you obviously love the uplands. You wouldn't have created a vest if you didn't like the uplands and wanted to change your gear. Uh, what got you started in the uplands? Uh, so, so my my hunting story goes back, uh, believe it or not, to my great grandma. Uh, she was a she was a trapper, small game hunter, Sweet. and uh, she would take me when I was a toddler, man, and uh, pack me in and pack me out and. I just followed her into the woods and, you know, that was back, like I said, I'm fourth generation. So, you know, I grew up with great grandparents and grandparents on the farm and we would, you know, small game. And then that's what we'd have for dinner, man. Like we, she, I learned how to dress game and, and, you know, field the table literally uh, with my grandma. So uh, from there, it just, from there, you know, we had quail in Southwest Missouri back then, a lot of quail. Uh, well, we had decent quail numbers. Let me say it that way. Not like the golden years, but, but decent quail. And so, you know, once I kind of graduated from, from running trap line and doing small game with grandma, I started, uh, following the, uh, following my dad and, and grandpa, grandpa and stuff on, on quail hunts and, and man, the dogs just, I was born a dog guy. So the dogs just suck you in, man, you know, they do. and it's been downhill from there. Uh, I just, I don't, I, you know, do you have enough dogs? Like, do you ever have <laughs> enough dogs like when you're, when you're upland hunting, right? Right. <laughs> I think well, you run out of some, space first. <clears throat> yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I say that and then sometimes like, yeah, I'm fine with my two dogs. <laughs> <laughs> when you, when you see the food bill. Uh, at the end of the year yeah yeah maybe question some things but otherwise i'm just uh, glad i have uh people like go and i just buy a partial pallet now and it lasts but no going back to trapping uh uh, that's what i grew up on um i just was curious what you guys all trapped i grew up uh that's how i started first shooting my gun my grandpa used to take me on his trap line he uh mostly beavers but raccoon but he used to he used to be a big uh hound guy so oh, before yeah. my before my time but back when the like fur price is really good they used to shut down the sawmill in the winter and they chase fox coyotes all wow. winter long she she we really primarily trapped just uh rabbits squirrels uh coons of course and then um you know predator control on the farm yeah, you know, there's the other side of it. Yeah, see, my grandpa used to raise 
uh, pheasants, so and use and geese and turkeys. <laughs> yeah, same. Just and and then release them. He tried to get a population up here, but it never really, it never took. So, <laughs> but yeah, but then it all like one year it all got wiped. Like I think 150 of his pheasants got killed by a fisher. Got in the pen oh, yeah. and pretty much wiped the whole thing out. So. But no, it would have been, it was, it was always fun. That's how I, I got yelled at one time really good because I didn't shoot the beaver in the head and on the snare line. So I got a, started moving and I shot him. I still, I still got him, but <laughs> I ruined the pellets a little bit and there's a little hole in there. Lessons learned the hard way, man. Right, right. <laughs> no, it was always a good time though. Yeah, those so, fishers, they're. They can be pretty, I know they did the same thing to my grandpa with his chickens. They got in there and killed a whole bunch of them. And it was during deer hunting, actually, where I had a fisher probably come like five yards from my deer stand. And I was like 16 at the time. I'm like, I should shoot this thing. But then I was like, oh, no, it's not in season. So I just took a video of it on my phone instead. (laughs) They're uh, they're kind of a ruthless animal. Yeah. Yeah. We have have a healthy population of raccoons, man. And they're the ones that. Man, if they get in, they just do damage. Like I lost a bunch of pigeons. Uh, I use pigeons for you know training bird dogs and stuff. Homers and I lost a ton of pigeons last fall. Uh, so that was my next question. Do you have any? How many dogs do you have? Yeah, so I've got I've got three bird dogs right now. Uh, I have a uh, a Brittany who's uh, just turned just turned twelve. Uh, and still I still hunt. Yeah, I hunted him. I mean, I hunted him pretty hard last year. You know, my theory is keep him in shape and and mm-hmm. uh, feed him good food and supplements, and then you know run them until they just you know don't can't go anymore. Don't I mean that's what he you know I don't think he wanted any other way. So I hunted him hard. Uh, right. And then I've got a Drot who's uh, five and a half, and a Vishla who's five and a half. You got a little variety there. I do. Yeah. No, I uh I like uh my Brittany's just a he's a he's a menace on pheasants. Like um that's what he cut his teeth on and was raised on and like so he loves a crippled bird. Like not nothing better than he he wants to chase <laughs> crippled birds. Uh and then um uh, my Vishla, it's it technically technically that's my daughter's dog, so I better specify that um you're still paying the food bill though yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, he's uh he's the go-to out west when it's warm you know he can go he can go and go and go when it's warm so uh he likes to range out some and and so early season on you know sage or sharp tail or something like that like he's my he's my go-to yeah we we had never hunted with a vishla before but we had uh a guy from Iowa this past uh, fall come out to sh- the South uh, North Dakota Sharptail hunting, and he yeah. has Vishlas, and I can see that they very. Uh, well, I thought they're more like short hairs, but they're a lot smaller than I thought. Yeah, he's he's forty forty six. You know when he's in prime time, yeah. ready to roll hunting season. I'd say I don't know how big Cody's dogs were, Michael. I don't know. Can't no, say. I remember him saying that they're on the smaller side. Like he likes them smaller. 
So that's yeah. how he's kind of bred them. So, I mean, if I had to guess, his dogs were probably high 40 30s, 40 pounds. Yeah. Not very yeah, big. Man. No. Yeah. Well, I, for some reason, I mean, I'd never seen a Vishla before. I was just, for some reason, I figured they just they look kind of like a short hair, so they probably are about the same weight. I was wrong. Yeah. Mine are about, a, mine are about 20 pounds heavier. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh he's a great little dog, man. I mean, he's a crackerjack. Uh it took some he took him a little longer to mature, I think, generally speaking. You know, when you're talking about a Vishla, that's that's kind of what you'll find. Uh but he's he handles those birds out there super delicate. Like when he starts picking up scent, he goes into like all my buddies kind of joke, it's like his ninja mode. You see him like starts picking his feet up higher and like creeping and like until he gets <laughs> locked down and you know, if you're out west and you know it's open country like that, um, I don't know. He does pretty good, man. He handles them well. Uh, and then the draught is, um, uh, he's kind of my just everything dog. Like I can run him out there. I can run him pheasants. I can run him. Uh, I can duck punt with him. You know, uh, bigger dog, sixty, probably sixty four or five, and the you know the wire hair gives him a lot of protection, a lot of cover. I, <clears throat> I took him up North, you know, he handled that well in the, in grouse hunting and stuff. Uh, so yeah, he's just kind of my versatile dog, man. You know? So yeah, I, I like variety. Um, yeah. You're a German dog doing German things. Yeah, he does. Uh, <laughs> he keeps the coon population cut down around here. <laughs> <laughs> he averages probably six or eight a season. It uh, catches them, man. Man, takes yeah. care. Of so, I said my not my German dogs aren't doing that, but they uh, they like their skunks apparently this year. So, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. One, just... <laughs> one was an accident. Like he happened. Uh, he was like we're working a field, and we're on our way back to the truck, and he like made a. He was well way like down upwind and he was trying to come back to me downwind and all of a sudden like the the skunk was closer to me than him, but the way he came back, all of a sudden the skunk I saw the tail go up and I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and it sprayed and I was like, Thank God it was going more towards him or else I've been covered in it. But yeah. No, I keep just a get... bottle of skunk off or whatever that stuff is in the truck at all times you know yeah i'll be buying a thing of that after yeah. about a month apart getting both of the dogs first one we made a mistake we like i just like washed them right away and with uh whatever it was but i got them wet first and that was a big oh. mistake yeah 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 you yeah they them up good before you get them wet man yeah yeah i found that one out the hard way <laughs> for sure it's a good tip and trick right cash cash when he got sprayed it was like we went and we got the shampoo and went and let him sit at that for a little bit then took him to the dog wash and and it was pretty much fine after that so yeah it's amazing man like how good that stuff is if you really you know really follow right. conditions and let it let it sit good and yeah you know, let it sit five ten minutes it's it works out pretty good mm-hmm yeah, the first least, time we... you can at least be around them. <laughs> right. <laughs> not not through collars. Their collars, there's like no saving those things. It's yeah. just like, yeah, they still stink. How many times we tried to wash them or 
or like let them sit in a solution. It just, yeah. So what do you guys run? Dog, what? I, you, got, you got two short hairs? I got two short hairs, yep. And that's where I actually just went is my dog was barking, <clears throat> which isn't always good with a sleeping kid. So I had to go uh, see what you wanted. No, I hunt, uh, I run one cocker. Okay, cool. That's all I got. Yeah, little, she's probably about 28 pounds during season. Just a little thing. But yeah. uh, I'm, always try- I'm always trying to send him a new dog. I know, and I show him to my wife every time. <laughs> but it's the same <laughs> thing. We just don't have, we don't have the room right now for a second dog. Yeah, man, those little cockers, they're like carnage and chaos, man, when you let them things go, like in a field. Like, it's awesome to watch, man. Yeah. I know it, it took her a while to figure out uh, running through the cattails. She oh, always tried cool. to go through them, and I'm like, hey, remember. She, she doesn't know English, but I'm like, you're small enough, just go underneath. Yeah, yeah. And once you figure that out, it's fun to watch her go. I bet, yeah, for sure. So do you hunt? Do you hunt your cocker like out west, sharp tail and stuff like that, or or just like pheasants and stuff? I mean, no sharp tail too, and everything. So, I mean, she stays close to me within, I would say, twenty yards at all times. So if she does flush something up, they're usually pretty close. I mean, it gets harder later in the season with sharp tail when they're sure. a little skittish, but I think that's just in general, no matter what dog you have out here. Yeah. Yeah, dogs got to they got pointers have to figure out how to handle them late season, man. They're not, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, they're not easy late in the season. After the first couple of weeks, they get a little smart, for sure. And all the dumb ones have been killed off. <laughs> yeah, but no, they're a fun bird to chase, though, especially early in the season. As long as it's not ninety degrees outside. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> which is which pretty much correlates with. September Sharpdale. Yeah, yeah, it can be tough, man. Like that that heat, and that's what I'm saying. Like <clears throat> having that beastly is a game changer for me. You know, right. uh, I've got a short hair coming in the spring uh, to kind of give me a little more short hair. You know, for earlier season hunts and stuff like right. that. I say but the Brittany. Brittany's have a little bit longer hair. Yeah, yeah, he can he. he excuse me i hunt him year round as well and, and he can handle the cold uh you know a lot better than the, the vishla can that yeah my vishla man or my daughter's vishla uh when he's when it's cold cold like cold cold you know late season up north you open the crate and he just kind of looks at you like mm, not today I'm not, yeah i'm gonna go <laughs> That's like opening the sliding door to let the dogs out in the morning, and they're yeah. like, "Yeah, it's negative thirty outside," and they make it literally, literally out the door, and they pee on the deck or steps, and <laughs> and they're like, "Yep, that's as far as I'm going. I'm coming back inside." <laughs> they're not dumb, man. They're not dumb at all. No, but if we were going hunting, then they'd be fine. They would just run until they can't run no more, and right <laughs> back to the truck, <laughs> shivering. To be yeah, that's the exact. That's the exact opposite with Willow. Like right now, the snow's melted and everything, you know. It's hard to get her to go outside because she's she's a princess when it comes to wet grass in our backyard. So she'll be tiptoeing around trying to find a spot. But as soon as there's snow and it's cold, she's just everywhere running in the backyard. Just loves the snow. Well, I bet, yeah. And they are fun to watch, too. Those little cockers, those field-bred cockers are fun. Yeah. I saw her get one one day, but I don't know. I like my big dogs. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm a pointer guy right now. Like I just, yeah. I like the training of, of pointing dogs, you know, the process to get them <clears throat> shirt up and solid. And, um, you know, uh, I, I, I love hunting with any dog, like any kind right. of, you know, but, um, I enjoy right now, at least in this stage of life, I like the pointing breeds and, and, and getting them dialed in and all that and watching them run big out West and, uh, even, even, even trying to pin a running rooster, man, I mean, you, you hunt plenty of pheasants like that's, that's, that can be fun to watch, man. You know? Right. Yeah. Watch Frustrating them. at times, but fun. <laughs> I was like our last trip all where I we had watched I'd watched all these roosters or all these pheasants get up off the side of the it wasn't up right on the side of the road, but they were in the cover off the side of the road and I was like, Oh sweet, it's not posted. Like North Dakota, we can we can hunt not posted land. And uh we I was like, God dang, we're I walked it and it worked it worked out, it was like a horseshoe and it happened the wind was going to work out perfect on like when we came right where the birds flew to to pinch them. I thought anyway, <laughs> I was like, Oh, this is going to work out sweet. We're going to get right where they're at. And those birds ran all, and it was like all the way back to the truck pretty much. And they all, all of a sudden I had both dogs. I happened to run both dogs that time. I usually only run one at a time, but I uh, had both out and both of them are locked up here. I'm thinking on their same bird. No, there was four different roosters that were two and two. And I was like, oh, shit. There's your limit, man. But right, you well, limit down, <laughs> it, it, it was. But uh, some people uh, were a little fresh. I took uh, my brother-in-law out, and he'd never been pheasant hunting before. And then I took uh, another one of our buddies out, and he very limited pheasant hunting in central Minnesota. So it was a whole new experience for them, especially oh, yeah. with the dog, sure. especially with the dogs. So, but they had a blast. I think, I think they, they all came away with roosters. So nice. It took some a little longer than others to figure it out. But <laughs> just watching them, like my one, my brother-in-law, he, he was struggling a little bit, but it, the one that, the one hunt my youngest dog just kind of stayed with him the whole time and i was looking at the garment and i was like there's a point i could see a bird go and he's like he pointed so many birds and he's like i only got one but <laughs> that was awesome <laughs> yeah that that's yeah. how they suck you in man like yeah i was like yeah that's how they get you yeah i say you watch them do their thing and watch what they're bred to do and that's what sucks you in. That's I think that's I used to be big into whitetail and now it's like yeah, I don't know. Now I got the dogs and it's like, yeah, it's more fun watching them develop and especially when you get the young dogs. Even even my older one though, it's always something new. So Yeah. And they always test you, man. Like you gotta, you know, there's some there's oh, some gosh. every year. You gotta like remind them, you know, like we don't right. create bump and you know, like you retrieve right. a hand, you know. <laughs> I don't make them retrieve quite to hand, but as long as they bring it back close to me and it's not long if it's and we're not playing tug of war with somebody else's dog or something. Yeah. <laughs> so no, that's there it's it's a fun 
it's a fun journey for sure yeah it's a journey and you only and you only have so many seasons with your dog so yep yeah and that's you know going back to my Brittany. that's the deal like you know i'm like you know one season's gonna be his last one i don't know when that is but i'm gonna keep letting him roll you know until until the last season's here you know right you've gotten you've how many dogs do you different dogs did you hunt with this year because you you went on like a western tour and yeah, I know. I know Nick's got a different like a he's got a Griffon, and now well now he's got a setter too. So yeah, uh, geez. So so let me think here. So in Wyoming, we had a couple of Griffons. We had uh, Brock Francais. We had uh, my dogs, uh, quite a few short hairs, and then my buddy Matt at Buckley Creek uh, Kennels has French Britneys. Yeah, but we hunted with quite a few Frenchies as well. And then uh let's see hunted up north like brian has short hairs yeah hunted with his short hairs and then uh i hunted uh up in iowa for the opener with with matt and nick and those guys again and uh it's a buddy of ours up there dorn has a poodle pointer hunted with him oh, sweet uh, i hunted with cool a couple dog. poodle pointers this year yeah, I really like his dog. Um, just a cool dog, super, super biddable, uh, good-looking dog, and and works the field well. A little bit tighter working than like my Drot, but they're built about the same, about the same size. Uh, solid dog. He he uh, waterfowl hunts a lot with him uh, as well. So, yeah, I think that's the list. I mean, a lab or two here and there. You know, when we were pheasant hunting, of course, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's I mean that's a lot of do- when you look when you think about it though, that's a lot of dogs to hunt with. I mean, some people might be if you're not going with people, a lot of people, you might hunt with like your buddy's dog. Say they got a lab, and that's all they hunt with short hair in a lab or something. It's yeah. always nice to it's always nice to hunt with something different. Like I hunted with a couple small monster landers, golden retriever. Um. Cocker, of course, Michael. Is there? Um, <laughs> uh, poodle, two poodle, two different poodle pointer puppers, both the same age, so it was kind of fun. Uh, yeah, a male and a female. So. Man, I just I like I like watching different dogs work and right. I, I really the strengths of all of them, you know. I really want to hunt with a setter because I <laughs> I really would like to add one to the string at some point, but uh, so yeah. I got to find somebody to hunt with a setter. I'm trying to think, I don't think I hunted with any setters this year. I hunted with quite a few last year. I uh, say Nick's setter, it's a that thing is cute as hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they all are. They're all cute as hell. It's uh, a- it's hard to beat watching a, a a real pretty setter just yeah tear up the, tear up the open ground, man. Like big big twelve o'clock tail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the only thing I wouldn't care for is the burrs no i i deal with that with my britney they have similar coats and uh yeah that's the downside but they all have their downsides you know right right and i say that do what it's just a bonding moment you and your dog yeah Yeah. for an hour they don't they don't (laughs) seem to think so (laughs) (laughs) yeah so when I say about the short hairs, you're just like, yeah, well, 
You know, Michael looks like he's having a good time over there. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I'm probably yelling at her to sit still because I'm digging burrs out of her ears. Hey, just stay like, here. Like, just stay here. Like, at least she's small enough so you can just be like, stay here. That's just, right. I can just, just kind of hug her with one arm and pick with the other yeah. hand or whatever. <laughs> the short hair, I'd be like, yeah, well, we're just, we're SOL. Like, you're not staying or, or else you're going, you're getting leashed. So. But I don't have to worry about that. I haven't had to pull porcupine quills yet. So. No, that's knock the one on, thing I knock, don't really want to do. Knock on wood. That I hopefully don't have to do that. Yeah, I'll I've had to pull. I've had to pull cactus. That's not that fun either. But yeah, I'd rather do that. Awesome. I'd rather do that than pull quills. Yeah, especially like them dogs that get just a mouthful of them, man. Like, yeah. I know if I get my my oldest one gets into one, it's not going to be pretty. Because even like when he got sprayed by that skunk, he was so pissed off, and he was going. If I if I would have been smarter and paying attention more to my Garmin, I probably could have stopped the whole instance before it started. Because I saw it, and here I was shocking the shit out of my dog that was in the kennel in the truck that I first ran this in the morning. And he's probably like, what the hell? <laughs> we were only like 100 yards from the truck, too. So he's probably like, what the hell? And I had it cranked all the way up. I was like, Riggs, get back here. Then nothing. And he got sprayed, and then he was going to go right back in. By that time, I got it switched around. I was like, and he, he wanted to go back in for a kill. And I was like, no, you're already bad enough. Like, Mistakes were made, man. Mistakes were made already. My end and yours. <laughs> so circling kind of back into Hunt Ready, we talked about how you guys started and and whatnot. You have a new program called the Pave Program. Yeah, uh, baby, you yeah. Give, yeah. You want to give us a little background on that? Yeah. So you know, I uh, I jumped into this, and you know, again, I'm not from the industry. I don't have a background in you know, and, and hunting gear or anything like that. And so, you know, there's, there's lots of, um, there's lots of things about the hunting industry and marketing, you know, hunting gear and all of that. And, uh, you know, some of that revolves around influencers and whatever that means and, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, one of the things that I, I wanted to do was, you know, stay true to, to who I am and, 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 and try and be an authentic brand that, you know, I love to hunt and I, I'd love to encourage people to hunt, you know, and, you know, I felt like investing in, in the youth is the best way that I can do that. You know, and if, if I'm going to invest dollars, you know, giving away gear, then I want to do that, you know, to the next generation of upland hunters. So, you know, I, um, I just came up with a, with a, I had an idea and kind of started pulling on that string and came up with Pave the Way. And basically uh, on the website, uh, you can nominate, you know, youth hunters uh, that are passionate and, and are deserving of gear. And, uh, you know, I've committed personally to, to sending out a couple of vests a month to one young man and one young woman uh, that I just kind of pulled from the hat, so to speak. And, uh, and then after I started doing that, I, I had a lot of, you know, I had brands reach out and I had individuals reach out about, Hey, love the program. How can I get involved? And so 
um, we have a few uh, formal uh, sponsors uh, to the program brand-wise, and uh, Canine Athlete, Wilderness Athlete, uh, Buckley Creek Kennels, and um, they they contribute vests on top of the two per month that I'm contributing uh, to the program. Awesome. And, yeah, and so then, uh, you know, as individuals kept asking and stuff like that, I opened up the ability to just donate. Like, if you want to donate a, you know, any amount, you know, I put it in the pot, and when I get enough to to you know send a vest out, I send another vest out. Uh, Sweet. So yeah, you can you can go to the website, donate, and uh, donate to the cause or nominate a youth uh, to the program. And you know, my goal would be, you know, send out as many vests as I can. To, there's only so much I can personally do, you know. Um, right. But with support from the community and other brands that are like minded. Um, you know, I want to send out as many as I can, uh, to be honest. Right. So. But you're getting, and it just helps get more kids into the the sport. Yeah, it's been pretty cool, man. I've I've gotten, you know, emails back from kids and pictures from kids, you know, that are in the field wearing stuff. And, and you know, um, my daughters, when they were young, went with me into the field and, and uh, one of my daughters, the one that, that technically the Vishal is hers. Um, and she'll, if she listens to this, she'll, you know, remind me of that, but, uh, <laughs> you know, she, she hunts with me quite a bit. Um, she's in high school now, but you know, that was always, you know, she's brought her friends along and, and we've killed ducks. You know, I've, I've seen a lot of kids kill their first pheasants and, and ducks. And, um, and there's no, there's no reward greater than that, you know, to introduce somebody to the, to the field and, and to hunting and, you know, helping them understand, you know, this is not just going out and killing something, but, you know, we try and teach them how to, you know, dress it on the tailgate after the hunt and talk about, you know, how that works and what you need to do with them. And, you know, try and really, the way I look at it is somebody invested in me. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's on me to, to pay that forward. And, and, you know, as far as paved the way goes, like, it's just an extension of that really, to be honest. It's awesome. Yeah. That I mean everybody has that person that they, I mean, I shouldn't say everybody, I guess there's a lot of onset hunters that are just kind of figuring stuff out. I mean, I was sure. gracious. I was, I was lucky enough to have my dad and my and both my grandpas just bring me up in the hunting world. So. Yeah. Yeah. Not, and not everybody has that, but you know, if, if, if some cool gear along the way might encourage a kid that doesn't have that to, to kind of keep going and, and right. down the road, you know, I, uh, the one thing that I ask of these kids, I mean, it's no strings attached, like, you know, right. um, I just send them vests and, and there's, there's a number of brands that have pitched in things, um, RPM retrieving products. They pitch in leashes for the kids. Um, we've got some other brands, um, you know, pitching in just various things and, and, uh, you can see all that on the website, but, um, you know, the only thing I ask is someday down the road, when you have the opportunity to pay it forward to a kid, pay it forward. Right. Um, so that's my only, that's my only ask. I think that goes for all of us, I guess. I mean, not just paying it forward to the kids, paying it forward to other hunters, I guess, or somebody that's wanting more information on how to get involved or, how to get more involved in the sports or what do they need to do to get their first dog and 
whatnot. Yeah. I think we... you know, I, I'm not a gatekeeper. Like, no, I, I, I don't think that much myself. Like, you know, uh, you know what I mean? Like it's, right. it's uh, you know, there's too many, um, there's too many forces against us as hunters right? right? to, you know, we got to band together the best that we can, you know, and, and not that I agree with everything, you know, that's going right. on whatever, but, but I'm not, like, man, I'm not going to go give you my spots, but no, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, but like, if you want, if you want some help along the way, yeah, I would help you out. Yeah. You I'm know, I can even... tell you what to look for and, and, you know, re regions or areas to go to and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And, you know, uh, you know, we live in, we live in a time that's like no other, man. You know, when you think about it, like you're a Google mm -hmm. away from having pretty much enough information to go hunt and like get in, get into birds. Like if, if we're right. being honest, you know, I think if you can, if you search the best pheasant hunting in any state, they'd probably, at least the ones that hold most pheasants, they would tell you the place, top places to go, or at least give, put you on, a, give you a statewide map to, like, hey, this is like the region, like hot, cold, like where to go. It doesn't take very much search. So. No, no, and and you know, I people ask me a lot, and you know, and, and I certainly want to encourage them, but the reality is, there's no better thing than just boot leather. Like oh, you'll yeah. learn, you'll learn a lot just just spending time in the field. Like whether you whether you kill a bird, a limit, or none, like you're gonna learn a bunch. You know, and that's just that. that and there's some there's something to be said about finding your own spot and that spot, like producing for you, like hundred percent. I mean, I think that's that's part of the fun I have too. Is fun, like, hey, we're not going back to the spot. We're trying a new. We're trying a different spot because I want to try. Like, if we find more birds here. It's just more spots that you have to go into the future. And we're just lucky enough that we have places to go public lands to do that on for sure yeah we live, in, going... we live in a great time if you're a if you're a public land hunter that just wants to get out there and get after it you know mm -hmm. uh, but get out there and get after it. it's the key right i'm gonna say they don't call sharp tail sharp tails boot leather birds for a reason so <laughs> <laughs> no that's like it's a great program you got started there i don't think there's Thank anything you. there's i don't think there's anything really like it right now either so if there's something if you guys want to I didn't even know you had a thing online, so I'll have to go check that out and throw some money that way. Well, thank you. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that, guys. It means a lot. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't even know you opened it up online. So I was going to actually ask you about that, how we could, at us as people, just regular people could uh, donate. Yeah, I but think we, uh, I think we got our very, answer. Yeah, there's various levels from like 25 bucks up, you know, and, and again, you know, a little bit goes a long way. You know, if we all pitch right. in a little bit. Like, you know, and, and I'm, and I'm, by the way, I'm, I'm covering my costs. Like that's really it. Yeah. I'm not, this isn't right. like retail cost vests, right. That I'm shipping. Yeah. Out. I just want to make sure that I'm covering costs guys and, um, you know, trying to make a difference, you know, in a, in a small way that I can. Yeah. Do you have a, how many vests, do you know how many vests you've given out at this point? Um, so I launched the program in like this uh, November, uh, and probably I've shipped ten or twelve so far. Sweet. So yeah, you're, yeah, you're you giving know, out so, about four a month right now. Yeah, trying to, you know. Yeah. 
I'd have, to, I'd have to go back and look for sure. I've got, I'm going to draw a couple names at Pheasant Fest, you know, uh, in addition to, um, you know, just trying to make it, trying to make it something that like, you know, I don't, I don't think there's anything really like it in the industry, you know, in the hunting industry no. in general. Um, no. And so I want to, you know, no, def definitely not for gear. Hunting. Yeah. And, and, you know, guys, Hunt Ready's a, is me and a few dogs. Like it, it's not, it, it is a very small passion driven business. And yeah, you, you got, know, a, you got a lot of people behind you. We got a lot I, of people. Well, <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I don't, you know what I mean though. Um, yeah. You know, yeah I know what you mean. Uh, and so, you know, I wanted to maintain an authentic brand and stay true to, you know, made and sourced in the U S and all of that. And so, you know, I, I invest personally so much a year for vests. You know, I mean, that's just, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to have so many vests made and all that. And, you know, how cool would it be if, if the vast majority of them went to kids? Mm -hmm. That's cool with me. I don't need to make money at this. Like, that's not why I got, you know what I'm saying though. Right. right. Like, yeah. Um, so uh, I, I want to break even <laughs> for sure. But uh, I think it would be cool if we could end up shipping the majority of vests that I kind of allocate every year to kids. Like, and I'm okay with that. If that's, if that's what hunt ready ends up being, then cool. That's, that's fine with me. All right. means more people out in the, out chasing birds, mm -hmm. chasing a bird dog. Sure. So you touched on Pheasant Fest. Pheasant Fest is looming. Yeah, it is. It's around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> how many, how many years have you been going to Pheasant Fest? So as far as hunt ready, uh, we launched at Pheasant Fest a number of years ago, probably five or six years ago. Uh, and I had been going probably four or five years consistently before that. So I've been going probably a decade or so. And then, you know, in terms of having a booth, probably five, five or six, I'd have to think for sure. We had, we had the year off of COVID and all that, but um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's an undertaking, you know, especially for a, for a, a one man show and a few dogs and my wife, bless her heart. Uh, she didn't really sign up for any of this, but, but she's a trooper and helps me. Uh, so how much, like how far out in advance are you planning Pheasant Fest? So as soon as like Pheasant Fest is done from the previous year, you or are you just like um, a couple months out, you're ramp yeah, Um I mean, there's, you know, you, you, every time you, every time you do a show, you, you, you walk away and think, okay, all right, you know, I need to tweak this or this would flow better, you know, or I want to make sure that, you know, people have easier access in and out of the, you know, there's like, there's just a lot of those types of things where you kind of have to think about it and chew on it and like what worked well, what didn't work well, uh, and then make preparations for that, you know, next year. Uh, and then, you know, I had a, a good buddy of mine help me. We we built the booth and uh, I think it would have survived a freaking tornado. Like it was so heavy. <laughs> and so like the original booth was like, I mean, he, he, he works construction. And so like, it was how it was framed up, you know, to, to meet OSHA spec, I think. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, we had, we had to scale back on that. So like, you know, it was easier to load and unload and, you know, there's lots of things like that, that, you know, that just goes into it. Um, but uh, I, yeah, you know, I was always been... 
yeah oh sorry go ahead no no i was just saying coming out of this coming out of out of a show like you you know you have a lot of those notes and and uh, i try and kind of knock those things out throughout the year so i'm not like under the gun you know the last month or two before the next show i was just always curious how everybody gets all their shit in because like how many booths are at pheasant fest this year it's, it's crazy wild. looking at looking at the map i was like how the heck because you don't you're not just bringing in a couple totes i don't think like no. set up your, no. your backdrop and no I, i'll have a um <clears throat> a big cargo trailer uh and most most folks you know do uh we'll have a 20 by 10 uh set up and uh we get there like you can start setting up like super early thursday morning and the show okay. starts friday at like noon so you know people are unloading and setting up for about a day and a half i say how many people do you have that help you like get stuff there just just you or uh you know in a early on i had a buddy you know jared stewart's a good buddy of mine we go way back we've been hunting together since we were kids he helped me get hunt ready kind of stood up you know he's an it guy and so <clears throat> the website and the back end and um you know he helped me get most of it kind of rolling and going and and he's just kind of at a different stage of life with young kids and all that and and um so he's kind of you know um stepped out or stepped away i guess from day to day or helping me you know that much which totally get it you know that um but he's been great to help me and then like nick martin uh iowa bird chaser uh, yep. for anybody on the gram uh he's been awesome to help me um edgar casillo hunt birds yeah we had we had him on a couple of years ago yeah edgar's a great guy he helps me out quite a bit uh and then like i said my wife she's uh she's helped me uh tyler at flushman dustum's helped me in the past um and um brian actually has helped me uh one year in the past a couple years in the past as well so guy, you know different guys chipping in and helping me out and just believers in the cause and supporters of the cause and so you know that's been super humbling for me because i didn't know any of those guys before right before right. you know, already so yeah, we met you at Pheasant Fest like on the back end of a day, like a Saturday in Omaha. Yeah, we were at your we were at your booth. I don't. know. We talked to you just a little bit because I think it was getting like I think they were starting to kick people out because they had that big supper oh, going yeah, yeah. on. But yeah, yeah we I talked to, to Nick. You, tried to get you to tear that piece of fabric, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You tried. <laughs> I, I succeeded. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, just, just kidding. No, I did not. I remember uh, no, we Nick was handing out cards for Iowa Bird Chaser there. That yeah, was a good on idea. that day, and I actually just threw that out of my wallet. Had to be a week ago. <laughs> I found it in my wallet, and it was all torn up and dirty, and barely a card yeah. anymore. <laughs> You're like, I don't yeah. need this. I already follow a guy. Yeah. No, he's got a he's got a super cool story. Like just, you know, what he's trying to do in Iowa and, and all of that. And, you know, we just kind of connected up and, and, um, you know, he had, been he had quite the year this place. year. Yeah, for sure. But now, now his dog I watched his, uh, video at lunch today. So that's good to hear his dog didn't have a torn ACL. Yeah. Yeah. So, so a few, a few, a few other things that she's got going on, but yeah. 
and he got stuff going on with his hopefully he's all fixed up now yeah for sure yeah sophie's a sweetheart uh i hope she's hope she has many more years of bird camp with us she looks like it i'm trying to get him to come out here but we'll see he's got too many counties man i know he's (laughs) but their season doesn't start until end of october ours is already full swing oh yeah three 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 weeks in that's a warm-up yeah right we're I mean, North Dakota, we're a month and a half in by the time we got started. With, I mean, we started Sharp Tail for second second weekend. It all depends in September. Of oh, September. That's what we I was giving our buddy crap from Iowa that we had in North Dakota. And he was like, I was like, oh, go on Sharpie hunting. And he's like, must be nice. And I was like, well, could come North Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we're lucky enough. We live where we do. So we're able to chase those birds and have a knock on what a plethora right now. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I so, had a question. Oh, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you no, go ahead. I was first. just going to say so, Pheasant Fest wise, yeah, I mean, it's just a, you know, it can be a slog a little bit, but uh, it's cool to, to um, you know, there's just so many people that you you either, you know, old friends and, and, you know, swing by and, and want to support you. And, and then, um, you know, new folks come by to check out gear and, and, uh, uh, you know, and, and again, I'm a passionate hunter. And so if I just like to talk dogs, talk hunting, talk whatever, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, that's what I enjoy about it. And, you know, I'll be, um, I've got some new stuff coming out, uh, this year, uh, at the show. Uh, so, you know, if you guys, if you guys are there or anybody that's listening is there, swing by and I'll, I'll, uh, show you some new gear I'm excited about. Uh, and then, you know, you guys have been hounding me about hoodies. So I had to, I had to cave and I got some new hoodies coming out too at the show. So. <laughs> yeah, that's my bad. I was hounding you about hoodies. <laughs> I got, I got, a, uh, I got a report. I got a report I wear. I mean, I, don't, I understand. I, I, need I, don't, I don't even wear a Sitka stuff anymore, but I still rep them. So. <laughs> they don't even I, need It was one. overdue, man. <laughs> it was overdue. So you, you kind of was, you were a catalyst there to get me off my, uh, off the seat there. So anyway, swing by. I got, well, we will. I say, I got another idea for you, but I don't know if it's on your radar or not. <laughs> uh, my, no, my one question I was going to ask you was, uh, do you get to like pick where your booth's at or is that just a random draw? No, uh it it's so it's it's first come, first serve. Um okay. but you do get to yeah, you do get to pick and then um there's various levels, uh and some of the booths are restricted just based on like sponsorship level and all that. Right. Because yeah. I feel like being like in a corner would probably be the best. Maybe, maybe yeah. not. Like I just feel like being in a corner would be the best scenario yeah in caps are in caps are um you know just you, you catch higher traffic more visibility um uh, mm-hmm. they, they cost more <laughs> no. but uh yeah for sure I, I like in caps just i like i say i'm i'm i don't like to i just i like space you know right i mean yeah i'm a, I'm a big yeah. guy i like my space i don't like to be next to much yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I'm the same way with my vest set up and everything. Like, I don't, I don't like anything up in my grill. I just, you know, like everything behind me, and you know, so unrestricted, man. 
Um, yeah, because when we first met you, I think you were on a corner booth too. I think. Yeah. I'm gonna say it's been. A, we didn't go last year. We had a buddy's bachelor party. We were up on. We we're ice fishing. <laughs> yeah. We drilled a couple holes and put down a line and called it ice fishing. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> hey, I caught a fish. Like technically, you were ice fishing. Yeah, technically, <laughs> we we're fi- we we're fishing for a, a hurting. That's what we we're fishing for. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. No, we missed all last year, and it looked like a good time in Minneapolis, especially since it being our original home state. I don't know if they ever had a pheasant fest in North Dakota. Not since I've been doing this. Uh, maybe I don't know if there's a spot big enough. Honestly, the Fargo Dome maybe, but I don't know if that's big enough. Yeah, it's been Minneapolis, Sioux Falls, Omaha. They had one by like Chicago, didn't they? One year. Chicago, I went to that one. I was uh, was that a lot of people there or not really? It was a lot more than I anticipated. Like it was yeah. well attended. Yeah. Hmm. Uh and I think next year's KC. Oh really? So I think I did hear about that. Yeah. I'll, I'll be a jaunt. Which I'm excited about. It's like yeah. three hours. You're, you're like, I'm you're like, I'm sick and tired of driving the shows. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm sure there's enough room in the Mapleton City Hall for a pheasant fest, and then it's only <laughs> about five minutes from me, so that'd be nice. <laughs> they, I, mean, uh, I think the last few years they're averaging like thirty thousand. Right, like it's a big show. Like, about like ten k a day. Huh? Yeah. I mean, I know when we went, it was every time you like we we didn't know how long we we're gonna be there. I think we got there when we get there. We took our time. We ate breakfast and. Walked her right down there. We were staying right there when we were in Omaha. And we were there. I was like, oh, I think we've seen everything. And each time we'd walk around, we'd see something new. We're like, oh, shoot. And then we start talking to somebody. And then pretty soon it's, you sit down at a, like a seminar stage. And pretty soon it's, they're kicking you out at six o'clock or six 30. I don't remember what time they kick you out. And you're like, oh, crap. What did I do? where'd the time go <laughs> yeah if you're a passionate bird hunter there's you know there's something for everybody uh, even if, if nothing else just go pet the dogs like even yeah. if yeah even if you're not though like i think my brothers i have two of my brothers that aren't into hunting whatsoever and i think they're possibly meeting us down in sioux falls just uh kind of hang out we talked about going golfing one night at the simulators and oh yeah yeah, right on. And just hanging out. And I say, this is my brothers. We don't get to, we're all grown up now and don't get together too often. So that's my one brother's birthday weekend. Maybe I can swing him into a, he needs a new vest. So yeah, there you go. Swing by. <laughs> we'll swing by. I got a, I got tickets for all of us. So we're going. I got the hotel. So we're going. Good, man. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys. Yeah, it'll be a good one. It'll be. Yeah, hopefully. Well, I hope you're busy, but hopefully we can chit chat a little bit in person. If not, maybe we can get a beer afterwards. Yeah, uh, and and Nick's gonna be in the booth. Edgar's gonna be in the booth. Uh, Isaac Neal's gonna be in the booth. Uh, he he does a lot of photography uh, work for for Hunt Ready. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, he'll be there with Heyday. Uh, they'll have their new um like water tote and gun t- or uh, food tote and all that like heyday decoys 
Uh, Guess I never heard of them. Used to be Lifetime decoys. Oh, I've heard of Lifetime, but yeah, they have a food storage and and water storage totes and all that. And so anyway, um, so yeah, swing by and and catch up. Sweet, Michael, you have anything to add about Pheasant Fest or? No, I'm just excited to finally go back. It's been what three years? Ever since Omaha, so yeah, Yeah, was was that three years ago? Yeah, mm-hmm. three years, 2021. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fun. Yeah. And it'll kids. be <laughs> that. Yeah. No, it'll be good to go get back there and see it. It's a huge, looking at the map, it's a huge setup huge. this year. So. Yeah. yeah. But we're in the, we're in the pheasant capital of the world. So South Dakota. Yeah. Yeah, Sioux Falls is actually three main, there's like a main hall, and then there's two, um, two like side halls that go off the main one. So it's like three different like buildings. Yeah. I mean, they're connected, but essentially three different areas. Uh, uh, yeah, I noticed that on the, it'll be interesting to see if there's one sides are more i guess i haven't really looked at like where the stages are yet i kind of saw the map when it was like fresh yeah so i think be, you, uh, i know so you guys are like in the far left one yeah and that's like where the bird dog stage is and the training okay. seminars and all that kind of stuff and like all so the we'll dog moves and everything like that and you know if i'm not busy i'm going to like check out different dog booths and you know right. talk to people about dogs and stuff like that so I like to be around open, the dog. Yeah. Open up the checkbook. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even know if you can buy dogs at Pheasant Fest. I'm sure you probably could. Maybe there are kennels know. there. There's kennels there that have pups, and you know, of all of different, you know, and and, yeah, yeah. Um, and then different like uh, like NAVDA and you know the different yeah associations and different yeah, kennels like that would be there. So pretty cool if you want to come and learn more about that kind of stuff too. I know there's one there's one seminar at the bird dog stage that's catching my eye. I think it's like at I think it's at noon or twelve thirty. It's just the ask a vet one. I think that always can try to be better about what we bring into yeah. the field and that. So just hearing other people's questions, I think for thirty minutes would be be nice to add to the memory bank. Yeah, that's one of the one that's one of the sessions that I try and hit as well you know, I try and break away and well, I've got some coverage or something and, and cause it's just interesting, you know, it's good. to. Right. And nice thing is, I think it's all the same. It's pretty much the same lineup of speakers every day about the same time. I think yeah. if I remember right. So if you don't hit it the one day, you have a chance to get there the next. Yeah, exactly. All right. We're getting close to probably been over an hour. No, we've been talking, getting close to, Closing this thing out, but at the end, Heath, we always gonna have a few questions for a guest. Uh, I'll let Michael start. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so our first question that we have for you here is, uh, what's your favorite bird to hunt? Uh, so I think I'm gonna go with Hans. Sweet. Yeah, I uh, I grew up Bob White, you know, quail hunting. Yeah, and, and Hans are like quail on steroids, man. Really? Uh, so for me, I, I, said, I love them. So I really want to go chase bobs, and I've never chased quail before, but I've chased huns. So I've always been curious 
how they are if they're faster or slower than Huns or what. But it's like that Covey bird gets you. They're challenging, man. Like they're good. I mean, it's a good time. It's worth yeah. doing. But does uh do Bob's make you like jump every time they f- they flush too? Or <laughs> yeah, because Huns yeah. they like screech at you when they get up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bob Whites have just a. It's like an explosion, you know. And they're, I mean, they're twisting. They're going everywhere, you know. Uh, but. I don't know. I, and I, I love, I love quail hunting, but I think Huns are, you know, for me, it's like, it's like quail on steroids, but then it's also the landscape that they're in is like foreign to me, you know, like it's yeah. not, you know, I'm from Southwest Missouri. So combine, you know, a bird that I enjoy hunting with the landscape and, and uh, yeah, that, that would be my choice. They're in some crazy country. Cause we got them out here like they got them right by town here michael's got them in town and we're flat as can be around here but then you can find them out in like idaho up in the the mm-hmm. hills and yeah. different country and i know i think when they were imported from hungry hungry that they were like a mountain i think more so a mountain bird but i don't know mm-hmm. the full history on huns so i'm not going to talk about it <laughs> yeah it's uh it was pretty cool when i killed uh my first uh hungarian partridge over my hungarian vishla <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> pretty cool full, full circle yeah 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 favorite place that you have traveled to hunt montana montana yeah just you do the, the whole the whole stage or do you uh yeah i've hunted a lot i mean the whole no nah, no nah, nah. uh no there's plenty of places i'd still like to hunt in montana let me say it that way but uh just the the variety of terrain, the different species, you know, that are there, and uh, it's just it's just beautiful country. I mean, yeah, you know, so that would be my if I could only pick one. So the next question we have for you then is, uh, what's your favorite dog breed? But it can't be one that you own, or going to own, or yeah, or going to own. <laughs> <laughs> I was <laughs> all right, so I can't go short hair. Uh, Ooh, uh, I would say, uh, my buddy Dorn's poodle pointer. Like, I really like that dog. I like hunting with that dog. Uh, and the few that I've been around in addition to his all have a similar temperament, uh, solid drive and, you know, you get the versatility out of them. So I would probably setters are pretty but the burrs uh, uh yeah i'm i'm gonna probably go with i'm gonna probably go that direction just because it's it's close to a short hair or a drop <laughs> <laughs> i feel i feel like it's like a cross you get that yeah yeah <laughs> oh. all right this next question is kind of like a two-part question okay what's the sh- what's the shotgun you're shooting now uh, so I'm a Browning guy, uh, and I've got a 725 Satori 20 gauge. That's kind of my over and under go to, uh, it's, it's the featherweight or whatever. Uh, so it's light pack it anywhere and, and, you know, I can hunt pheasant or I hunt anything, you know, with mm-hmm. a 20, so that's my good. What's your, 
if you, money was no option, what was your what would be your wish list gun? Oh man, oh, I would probably go with like, you know, uh, this is like pipe dream, right? Like a yeah. mint condition Browning superpose, like original Belgian made. You know, the original over and under to put put John Browning on the map, man. You know. Yeah. Uh, I'd I'd probably go same route, but I go like uh, old school A five. Yeah, Th- those those old A fives are pretty dang sweet looking guns. I know, and <laughs> and I have been fortunate. Uh, my father in law gifted me a twenty gauge A five over an, or A five, you know, Belgian made. Uh, so it's technically not a wish list. Um, <laughs> I. I, I it's a gift and it was meant and I don't hunt with it. You know, it's just more right. of a family, family situation now, you know, mm-hmm. but cool guns, man, for sure. Right. You see those old pictures, like the old duck hunters with the old a five humpback. Yeah. And it's pretty sweet. For sure. I think that would be it though. I think it would be, I like the simplicity of an over and under man, you know, mm-hmm. like, I've had too many guns over the years just jam up and, you know, or not feed or whatever. And um, for whatever reason, and, and that's just, you know, that's just part of hunting. Right. But, you know, mm-hmm. the over and unders, it's not a whole lot, knock on wood, right. That'll go wrong. Keeps you in the field. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't had any problems with mine and I've nor my side, my side by side, but I always go back to the over my side by side is a four ten, so I don't shoot it very often. And it's uh yeah. it was like a pass down to me from what I shot my first uh rough girls with actually when I grew was growing up. That's what I cut my teeth on. Right. And on. uh but yeah, that, I went from the pellet gun to the four ten and my numbers went way up, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you skipped the twenty two altogether, man. Awesome. No, I had the twenty two too, but I think my parents felt a little more comfortable with me having a 410 than a 22. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't carry quite as far. <laughs> no, no. Oh, no. Michael, what's, a, your, what's not... your weapon of choice, Michael? Uh, right now I shoot a Mossberg SA-28. So it's a 28 gauge. Yeah. Yeah. Semi-auto. Like keep hearing everybody talking about over-unders and everything. I'm like, well, I need all three shots if I'm going to hit a bird. <laughs> So I don't know if I can stray away from that. <laughs> well, I may too, but you know, I'm not, I don't I'm know, not probably tell you I need I need to go semi-auto too. But uh, <laughs> and you can pick up your shells when you're done because you just pluck them out of the barrels. Yep. My one, you know, my one, my one pocket and my hunt ready vest, the one water ball pocket. Stays it's the my trash bag shell pocket. (laughs) Right on. All right. Our next question for you here then is gonna be what is the favorite accessory that you have on your vest? Oh, oh, so I run a like one of our rat rolls on the back and I keep um like a pair of side cutters in it. Uh, I keep a uh like a Taito um knife in it. And just some miscellaneous like e-collar parts and a couple of small, small screwdrivers and stuff like that. Um, and I like it just because like I know if a dog gets hung up in a snare or whatever, like I'm not digging through anything. Like I'm throwing the vest off and the rat rolls right there with a pair of side cutters 
at the end of the day, when we're cleaning birds, throw the vessel on the tailgate, which I do anyway. I got a knife right there. I'm not digging for anything. You know, I've had to do some, you know, uh, repair work on uh, e-collars in the field. You know, it's nice to have just some spare parts and stuff like that. And the one thing that I keep in my vest that I encourage everybody to keep in, in your vest is a pair of boot laces. Uh, they're super lightweight. And if you are ever way away and you your belt or your uh, boot lace busts, man, you try and fix it and then it starts breaking. All of a sudden it just like has deteriorated like in an instant. And so <laughs> like I keep a pair of boot laces for that reason. But then also like, you know, if you ever need, uh, you know, a splint for a dog or anything like that, like you can, you can bush fix a lot with a, you know, a spare set of boot laces. So I keep a set of those in the, in the rat roll too. That's a good tip. I've never actually, I don't think I ever heard that one. You can repair a lot of stuff, man. You know, you know, I keep a, I keep one shoelace in my vest. I, I don't know why I put it in there in the first place. I thought it could be useful, but luckily yeah. I haven't had to use it yet, but yeah, it's just in I there. Some dude wipes. That's for me. <laughs> hey, you never know. When yeah, exactly. You, you're not using your sock, Michael. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of my, I guess that's my accessory that I, it's probably kind of an extra, you know, that I just like. Uh, and it's why I came out with it, you know, just came up with that idea and tweaked on it until it was something that was beneficial for me. So what's on the horizon for you guys in 2024? Yeah. So uh, got a new pack option coming out. Uh, like I said, I'll have a prototype uh, pre-production unit at, at Pheasant Fest, you know, folks can put their hands on. Um, it's, um, you know, same, same platform, if you will. Right. But, um, it'll, it'll meet a, meet a niche that, um, you know, crossover from, from training to, to the field. And so it was just something that I was looking for, you know, for the summer training dogs and stuff. Uh, and from there, man, um, I'm hoping to, um, I've got a buddy up in Alaska, Oh, and, and I'm hoping to um I'm hoping to make the trek and kill some ptarmigan and stuff. Um or you know, like August, September-ish. Uh uh, he's stationed up there actually with the Air Force, and this is his last year. And he said, Man, if you're coming, you gotta so all right, twist my arm. Like um, <laughs> <laughs> uh that'll be that'll be kind of a big hunt for me, um, for sure. And hoping I can pull that off and then you know, I'm sure we'll we'll hit hit a western state, uh, and then the normal pheasant and ducks and and all that. So anyway, that's that's the sounds summary. Like, hopefully, sounds like a full year. Yeah, man, I'm stoked. Like I just I, I live back. I get jacked up, like you know, heading into the season and you know, looking forward to this stuff. And yeah, just thinking about it, you know, and then you're like, oh crap, I. That's still winter outside. <laughs> yeah. 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 Something's got to get you through the off season, man. You know? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Got to be thinking about something. So it is nice enough now that we can run our dog zone right now. It's not uh, four or five feet of snow on the ground and 
sure. when that when that hurts your face right now. So <laughs> and yeah, and, selling... and you know, I got that pub coming, so that's a journey, you know, as well. Supposed to be, I think I'll. Uh, she came into heat this like this week, so you know, figure probably uh, early June. You know, so that'll be a journey, uh, and you know, hopefully the hopefully Lori will be willing to keep a pup while I'm in Alaska, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> Got to get some brownie points <laughs> built up. <laughs> Yeah, those pups there. When they're ready to go, they're ready to go. From about a couple months on, they're uh, they're a mover. Chaos. Uh, mm-hmm. It's I've been lucky. I've, I've had I've had both. I've been lucky with my. I don't know if lucky is the right word, but my younger one's been like mellow as all get out, which. For a short hair, I don't know if that's unheard of or what, but it's just his attitude. He's just go with the flow. But when you get him on the field, he's he's different. Yeah, that's the best kind, man. All right. Then he gets home and he likes the spot on the couch. The wife was worried. She texted me today and she I was or I texted her while I was at work and I was like, Oh, what are you how are you guys doing? She's like, Well, we just got up and I was like, Oh, it's eleven o'clock. <laughs> and I, I was like cash still on the couch she was like yeah i was kind of worried that he was like down there by himself like, <laughs> just on the couch but she's like yeah he never he's still in the same spot when he left so i was like yeah that's cash staring off into space and doing cash things as long as they're bird crazy at the end of the day that's what matters yeah. right well, Heath, we appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your day to come talk with us, and we're looking forward to uh, meeting you guys again at, at Pheasant Fest, and hopefully you guys, we can talk a little bit when we're there, but if not, hope your, your uh, booth is busy as I'll get out. So, No, guys, I, I, I appreciate the opportunity uh, just to chat and talk, talk all things hunting, so uh, please swing by and We'll make sure you get uh make sure you get that hoodie. <laughs> we'll we'll have to bring checkbooks, Michael. Because uh, I'll put it I've in the budget. Put, <laughs> I got a couple put back for you. Make sure that your sizes are, are there and ready. So. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm gonna take sure. out a second. I'm gonna take it alone on my house. So going pheasant fest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then people can find you, uh, where can they find you on social media? Yeah, yeah huntready.com uh, on Instagram, Facebook, just, you know, at, at hunt.ready. Um, YouTube as well. Um, I'm working on sequence of videos just to come out this off season and, and head into the news, you know, into next season. Uh, but yeah, check us out and, and reach out. If you got any questions, I'll, you know, I'll be in touch and, 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 um, you know, if there's anything I can do at all, please let me know. And, and while you're there, check out Pave the Way. And, and if it, uh, you know, if that speaks to you, you uh, appreciate any, any support, you know, whether that's donations or just spreading the word and dominating youth, um, all the above uh, help. So thanks again, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for coming on.